Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you've missed us live, you can also send your questions to Facebook or Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those uh, questions the next time we are on the air. A few uh, notable headlines that I saw today. Uh, Martha Stewart is launching a line of cannabis products for dogs. Um, don't know why she's doing that, but she That's is. Funny. Um, in Biden's first six days in office, he signed a whopping 20, 28 executive orders, which is by far, in a way, more than any of his predecessors in the past, well, the past four uh, or five presidents who've only signed as many as six, uh, most uh, around one. And uh, a report from 2020 saw the largest percentage increase in homicides in American history. Um, yeah, so those are just a few of the headlines. There was a lot more that were kind of uh, disturbing, a little sad, and I just... Felt like, yeah, maybe not share them today. Uh, well, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there were two Middleburg residents that got arrested um, in connection to the what happened up at the Capitol on January 6th. Really? I saw someone from um, McClinney, got, or from who used to be uh, work for Baker County, got yeah. arrested as well. Yeah, two, two people got arrested there. That's just local. They had a, a really, really bad uh, tornado over in alabama i guess they had some bad weather go through over there mm. and uh, uh there was a teenager who was sheltering in his basement was killed over in birmingham wow. um it was a really really bad weather i guess uh, this time of year sometimes they get some bad weather because of these you know fast moving fronts that mm. come through and they produce bad thunderstorms and tornadoes um i heard um you know, the, somebody talking today about how a lot of the celebrities out in California, all these people that are supposedly, you know, against a lot of uh, conservative values mm-hmm. um, were having their agents call and get COVID vaccines set up for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was apparently a big controversy because they were, you know, a lot of them were in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and they're getting these COVID vaccines before people who are in their 70s and 80s who have health conditions and everything else. But they're important, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> they're important. I saw a story about a, somebody who was a billionaire who flew to a remote location with his girlfriend, and then they posed as uh, motel workers in order to get the vaccine Oh my uh, gosh. before other people. I was like, man. But, you know, I, for me, hey, you know, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not getting that vaccine though. That, I mean, uh, we've never had a vaccine this quickly, uh, pushed into the general public. And I, I think I'd rather, <laughs> I, well, I won't get it anyway, but if I was even contemplating it, I think I'd rather see, uh, how it turns out on other people before I took it. Yeah. Well, if you were planning on bringing in some guests into town, um, uh, and having them stay at the Hyatt Regency downtown, you yeah, probably 
You probably don't want to look down there because they have booked all 966 rooms. I didn't even know they had that many. Yeah. 966 rooms have been allocated to the United States Marine Corps. That happened uh, the day before the uh, Biden's inauguration. Yeah, my mom sent that to me. I was like, yeah. wow, that's a lot well, of they're, rooms. Yeah, they're using it, uh, I guess, for quarantining. Yes. They're going to quarantine mm-hmm. guys going to um, Paris, Paris Island. Island. Mm-hmm. And also as a processing station there. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a while. I think they got it um, booked out mm-hmm. until uh, June, mm-hmm. I think I saw. And I just That's a long time. A lot of money for that. Uh, I want to imagine a lot of money for that hotel, though. Com- yeah. Completely booked for, you know, what, five, six months. Yeah. Whereas uh, this past year, I'm sure businesses had to been been slow. Mm. Well, um, I, I, you know, Jim Dennison this morning uh, quoted uh, Abraham Lincoln's the second inaugural address. Um, and he said it was quoted as one of the speeches, a speech for the ages, mm. and where he talked about the, the issues that split the nation. One eighth of the whole population at that time were black slaves. Mm. And um, they weren't distributed generally uh over the union but very localized in the south a lot of them and it wasn't that they didn't have slaves i think you know but they were it was mostly in the south right they well, they, the abolished north already, it. Yeah, they abolished yeah. it early mm-hmm. uh there still were some people though that probably had some up there i would assume well know? i mean i think legally it was completely abolished in the north um now there was you know obviously the dred scott decision uh that happened yeah. before that where um, so and there might've been some Southern people who'd been up there with their slaves at one point, but, uh, as a whole, they abolished it actually pretty much right after, uh, the constitution was ratified. Yeah. Um, all right. Maybe a little before because they couldn't before that, because King George said, that no, they, they wouldn't let him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. wouldn't, he wouldn't let him do it. Um, uh, well the president in 1863 declared that all slaves, held in any part of a state in rebellion against the U.S. shall be forever free. Um, And in closing that, he said, we need to finish the work we're in by winning the Civil War, then bind up the nation's wounds and do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves with all nations. Now, he talked about that this morning. And it's interesting to me how he he conflates together this idea of freedom and you know the freedom for slaves who are people who were enslaved at that time but also today the rights of the preborn mm. and there's a lot of people who think well slavery is wrong but it's okay for somebody to kill a baby yeah i mean they i mean like at least with slavery, at some point you could be free. Once you're terminated, you have no opportunity for freedom. Yeah. So it forever takes away the opportunity for freedom, and I it just really is. You know, we talked about it yesterday during the first segment. It's astounding to me that more people are not more upset about what's happening with abortion, what's happening with. Uh, people having the right and subsidized by the government Mm -hmm. to go in and take a life Um, that uh, very clearly God uh, says in his word 
that before we are ever formed, he knows us. And yet we're okay with people terminating these lives, uh, or at least to the point where we don't say anything. Mm -hmm. We're we're afraid of PC police or whatever. Um, And it really, you know, it doesn't matter uh, the whole question of when life begins. Um, When you, I, I remember, you know, if you think back to the 70s, before they really had ultrasounds out there, mm-hmm. you know, people would have said, well, life doesn't begin till the baby comes out. But now, because of ultrasounds and technology, things that we've seen, the forming and the interaction that that baby inside is moving earlier than people thought, and it's a, a has an ability to survive earlier than people thought. Mm-hmm. And oh, so... Yeah. Um, we need as believers, and, and uh, this is for believers, that all people are made in God's image and are sacred for the moment, moment of conception. So um, human, this is what um, embryologists now are very clearly stating. He says, human development begins after the union of a male and female um, germ cells during what's known as fertilization or conception. From that instant, he says, whatever the race or social status, all humans are loved by their maker. Mm. I mean, and you you think about that, um, 32% of white families in the South own slaves. He brings out the this right to personal morality. and But many more fought to protect states' rights to own slaves and otherwise exercise their sovereignty, they would have said that the North had no right to legislate their personal morality. Mm. And in the same way, um, today a lot of people believe that life begins at conception, abortion is wrong. But they also believe that the government doesn't have any right to tell you you can't do that. But those same people believe that the government has a right to tell you you can't own a slave, which we agree is wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's no question about Chattel slavery being wrong. I'm not advocating that. But I'm saying, why do we think it's okay for the government if they say it's okay for you to kill a baby and take that life, and we're okay with that? We shouldn't. It's There's still the same issue. It's It's freedom. It's uh, dignity of life. It's quality of life. It's it's um, the value of life. And so um, we um, we do legislate morality. Mm-hmm. We tell people they can't murder somebody in a lot of instances. Yep. But we draw a line when it comes to a woman taking a life in the womb. And so I think we need to be praying for our leaders. And we don't need to be afraid as believers to speak that truth, even in our current climate. Yep. All right. Well, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after this break. Uh, you are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program 
through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us in the first segment of the day, we talked about uh, abortion and how we have turned a blind eye to that great uh, sin as a nation and as Christians and, uh, you know, just how that's a, a, a double standard that we hold and something that um, we should be as Christians more vocal about and more upset about. Yeah, I, uh, I I think people think, you know, the whole idea is the choice. It evolved out of a choice for sexual freedom apart from consequences of sexual contact with somebody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you were talking about uh, kind of the science, has how it's come in and, and ultrasound, so that's played a part. And I don't know if you've ever seen an ultrasound of a baby getting an abortion or being aborted. Um, and they fight back against that thing that's intruding into, um, you know, to take its life, to suck, suction off its body parts. But also, um, you know, other than that, uh, at conception, like you're talking about, you are a completely new, uh, you have a completely new set of DNA. There's an own individual DNA. That's a, that's a being there. That's apart from its mother or its father. And for people who think that abortion is okay, they have a lot more in common with the slaver and the Nazi than they do with anything American because they think that a being that has its own human DNA is something other than a person at some point in its existence, which is what the slaver and the Nazi thought. Well, um, I, th- I think when you look at the, the absurdity of the fact that it is the moment a baby's born, at least still now, I mean, right, <laughs> right. now, uh, once it comes out of the womb, if you kill that baby, it's murder. Mm-hmm. And there have been young girls who have murdered their babies because they didn't want them. Their, their only issue was not that they murdered it in the womb. They let it get born and just either strangled it or let it die. Yeah. And they were charged. Mm-hmm. But if they would have done it inside the womb, according to some laws now up in New York, I think, it doesn't. You can do it almost right up to the time of birth. Mm-hmm. 
And so the whole idea, the absurdity of that. And, and then our, also our laws, even uh, my dad had a teammate in uh, North Carolina with, with the Panthers named Ray Carruth, who his girlfriend was pregnant and he hired some people to uh, kill her and the baby. And, uh, you know, they actually failed in killing the baby, but they did get the mom. But if they had of, they would have got, a, that would have been a double murder. A double, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. those laws are still on the books. Yeah. If you, and, and you know, that harkens back to the Bible. In the Bible, if you hurt a baby, it was eye for eye, tooth for tooth. If mm. you go back and read the law, if you kill the baby, it was like murder. Mm-hmm. You know, inside, if you were fighting with some guy and you hit the woman or hurt the woman's and the baby, it was a big deal. So, yeah, I, I just think that um, we, we're so um, upset about some things in our country, um, whether it's ethnic prejudice, which is bad. Mm-hmm. But again, et- ethnic prejudice happens, and it happens all over the world, and we should address it. But murder is going on right now across the country and it's supported by our government and codified about to be codified by our government. Mm -hmm. And I just don't hear a lot of people rising up talking about it saying this is wrong. Yeah. We can't do this. You know, uh, I think we got a call. Um, yeah. Uh, can you see who that is? I I can't see the name. My eyes are bad. (laughs) Mark, Mark, Mark. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Hey, welcome to SWAT radio. Mark, where are you calling from? Yeah. Uh, Chesapeake. I know it's been a while. Can, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we got you up there, Mark. Yeah. Hey, doing all right, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, I completely agree with the whole uh, abortion law because the thing oh. in the churches where we get uh, where we get modern society trying to market a church because we're so worried about numbers and uh, and opinions. So when a female because the number one thing they'll say is, well, it's my body and stuff like that. So the thing is, it's kind of like subjective versus objective mm-hmm. with that. Uh, and then uh, with, with the vaccine, Taylor, uh, well, I, I would say, I mean, I got my first shot. And I'm not saying, I mean, you know, ain't nothing wrong with waiting on it. So only thing that I, I, I had was just muscle soreness for like two to three days. Mm-hmm. I got the Moderna. I got the Moderna with with the uh, with the EMS department. So it was, it was nothing nothing really bad on my end, you know. I mean, I just wanted to get that first batch. I, yeah. mean, I waited for a little bit, but yeah, not, nothing really wrong. And and, and 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 you know, I mean, really, I mean, you just got to go in faith when it comes to to that vaccine. But I just made sure I got it through the right department and and all that because I volunteer with them. And uh, Doug, my only other question, my only other question was with the military, um, like how is it, it's kind of like Babylon. To me, I feel like the military ideology and, and stuff like that. So I'll take my, my I don't really follow that because of the military, but everything else, I mean, I'll, I'll do with, through biblical context. You, you cut out so for I'll a second when you were talking about the, the military. Oh. Yeah, Mark, say that again because we, we lost you there for a second. <clears throat> oh, like like in the military, you know how you got a chaplain? Yeah. In the military? Well, I mean, I don't really follow everything they do because off of Bab- uh, they're, they're Babylon. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, because it's all mixed up. I'm not saying that, you know, they're, I mean, it's just because the history of it. I'm, like, I mean, when I got when I got deeper into the Bible, I found out. From another brother, they said, "Yeah, man, the chaplain's in the military because he was in the military. He he was 
he was about to get deployed, but he said, look, man, I mean, I said, what about, because I, I said, I want to be a chaplain. He, he said, in the, in the military, I, he said, hey, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that, but he said, you got to be careful because it really, I mean, they're Babylon. And I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. You see what I'm saying? So that's all. Yeah, I mean, with that, I you know, I, I think the culture in the military um, in some places is obviously uh, pretty decadent. But then also for being a chaplain in the military, I think that you are required to uh, say prayers for other faiths and, and uh, kind of do the religious services of other faiths other than the Christian faith, right? Am I right on that, Doug? Or? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And, and they'll, they'll be, they'll see, we don't want to get persecuted because off of, man lost so that could be kind of very confusing so the only thing is kind of still do i mean you can still serve the military but only certain people get so confused with that be like well i mean yes it's man but i mean what what's more important being obedient to god or being obedient to man so it, it could it could take a while for certain people to really grasp that mm-hmm. and still do and still do the right thing in the military or just in the community itself yeah that's true and, and yes, I completely, I, I completely agree. I completely agree with the abortion thing. It's just nowadays, it's really is nothing new. It's just, it's just a different form. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well think about this. Think, think, think about this, Omar. Think about this. Almost two million people have died worldwide from coronavirus. Okay, COVID nineteen. Uh-huh. By the same, uh, you know, numbers they were able to pull together. 42 million babies around the world were aborted in 2020. Mm. Now think about that. 42 as compared to two. Look at what we've done for coronavirus. Look at the the attention it's held. But 42 million babies were aborted around the world in 2020. And how many people do you see really standing up and and being a voice for the pre-born? I mean, how, how many people do you really making that statement? Because it's not popular. It's it makes people feel uncomfortable. Them, wanna, you know, they they want to get along. They want to get along with the world. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's selflessness. It's, it's selflessness based off of subjective subjectiveness. Yeah, I'm so worried about what the world world world. And I know it could be hard for for the women with single mother homes and stuff like that. But you, you know you. You just got to do the right thing based off of God. I mean, mm-hmm. well, the believers need to be ambassadors. We need to be people who are, are unashamed of caring for the weak, caring for the the, the orphan, caring mm-hmm. for the widow, the vulnerable. And I don't think there's anybody more vulnerable than a preborn baby inside of a mom. I mean that that baby exactly. can't do anything. So, so, yeah. So yeah, so then so so then they'll come up with an excuse saying, Well how how do I know if they have Down syndrome or something like that? Okay. You don't know until the baby is born. And if it does have Down syndrome, I mean that that's that that's the suffering between you and God. It's a learning experience for you you know, to develop. But Yeah, you hey know Mark, do you know hey, you with go ahead, go ahead. Hey Mark, did you know that uh, that uh, Taylor has an uncle, right? Mm-hmm. An uncle with Down syndrome and I have two children with Down syndrome that I adopted, okay? And we will both tell you that we learn more from them than they ever learn from us. 
Those children are God's gift to the world to teach us how to love uninhibited, mm-hmm. how to praise him uninhibited, how to be. I mean, they, they are precious children. And my daughters go to a school with a bunch of children with Down syndrome. And it, it, and it, it, it almost makes me want to cry to think that people would take a life just because those children have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Those are precious children. And God brings them into the world. It's like he said back in uh, to Moses, did I not make the guy who's deaf? Did I not make the guy who's... I make people the way I make them. And who are we to take their life? And so, uh, you know, I, so what do we do? We be prayerful. We be, pro, you know, proactive. And, and I think vocal. Get involved. Support adoption. Um, you know, minister to women that are considering abortion. I know a, a guy from SWAT and his wife go every week to the local crisis pregnancy, and they go just to be there to pray with people, to help people think through yeah. things. So, you know, I just think as believers, we we have a responsibility to be vocal about advocating for the life and the value of life, the dignity of life. And so, uh, Mark, thank you for calling. Thanks for being a warrior up there. Keep praying and keep listening and uh, spreading the word about Jesus, okay? All right. Bless up. All right. All right. Cool. Well, we are glad to have Mark call in. Uh, yeah, we've, he's called in before. It's good to hear from him again. And, uh, you know, he had some good things to say there. Um, but, yeah, we really need to be uh, on our P's and Q's. We need to be on on mission, you know, being a warrior for, for God and for what's righteous and what's good. Yeah, and I want to say this. If, if women who are considering or maybe they've had abortion, they are not our enemies. Yeah. You know, um but they, a lot of them are victims of an abortion culture that mm-hmm. has said this is okay. Yeah. And so we we need to be ambassadors reaching out to say there's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. There is forgiveness from God for that. And God wants you to be forgiven and understand his forgiveness covers even that. Yeah. So. All right, so we are up against the news break. We will be back with more after the news. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk, and you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A-Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the news. Five. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was All My Hope by David Crowder. If you are just joining us, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we have been talking this week about Acts, and we're looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and then we talked a little bit about that yesterday, and we are going to pick that up again here uh, today. Yeah, and just as a reminder, remember Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke uh, to a guy named Theophilus, he also wrote uh, Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, to Theophilus, and really, it's a vo- it's two volumes set there, and um, the the gospel was to introduce or to kind of relay to Theophilus all that Jesus did and taught, and it was the beginning of it. It was kind of like, and, and Luke is very chronological. Remember, we said he is very educated highly traveled he wanted to make sure that people understood that the offer of salvation is not just for one group of people it wasn't just for jews but it was for all peoples and uh, for all that the lord would call to himself and so really if you wanted to summarize um the letter of acts in in six phrases you could say the gospel is preached to all people uh, actually, you start before that. The Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles, and the, then the gospel is preached to all peoples, and people are saved. Uh, the church continues to grow. True followers multiply. God has put on display uh, different ways, miracles and other things happening. Uh, believers suffer like Christ because they're rejected by the world. And finally, the Lord protects to fulfill his plan. And so uh, it just keeps the gospel keeps expanding. That's really kind of the main theme. You see that and and the theme of all the preaching in Acts is the risen Christ. And so it's kind of divided into six sections. Acts 1 through chapter 6, verse 7 is the church at Jerusalem. And at the end of each section, there's a little phrase that either says the word continues, uh, the word of God continues to increase or the church increases, the word multiplies or the church multiplies. So each section, so but the first section is about the church at Jerusalem. Second is about all Israel, how the gospel expands to Israel, Samaria, chapter 8. So it's 6, 8 through 931. And again, in 931, it says the church multiplied. 932 through 1224 it's about the church at Antioch, which was the great missionary church. And it's the, it says at the end of 12 or at uh, verse 24, it says the word of God increased and multiplied again. And then chapter 12, verse 25, all the way through 16, verse 5, is about the, the church at Asia Minor. And it says the churches increased in number daily. So you see this expansion of the church happening because the Holy Spirit is moving through God's people. Then 16.6 all the way through 19, it's the great Gentile cities. And it says again in six, or 19.20, the word continued to increase. And then finally, 19.20 through chapter 28, the gospel goes all the way to Rome. And at the end, it says the last verse that Paul preached unhindered. The kingdom of God, he preached the kingdom of God unhindrance, without hindrance. So... Um, that's really how Luke divided it up. And yesterday we brought up that uh, in 1 through 11, 
as God instructs his disciples, the principles we can take away uh, is the same thing he called them to, he calls us to, which is one, to teach his message, not our 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 uh, take on his mm-hmm. message. It's his message. We have a responsibility to know his message. And so uh, Luke uh, makes that clear in verse 1 and 2. Verse 3, he says, teach his priority. And he, he lays out what was Jesus' priority. He had 40 days with them, and what did he talk about? And he lays that out in verse 3. Verse 4 through 7, he says, trust his power. And then 8 through 11, and that power is the Holy Spirit, by the way. And then 8 through 11, he says, follow his plan. He had a strategy, start in Jerusalem and expand, start local, then build outward from there. And there's a reason for that, because who knows you best? Who do you know best? Where are the relationships that you have, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be locally. They're going to be people. You're going to be where where you are and then move out from there. And so... As we uh, look at this a little more intently today and tomorrow, um, we're going to focus today on the message. And I want you to read Acts 1, 1 through 11, and then we'll come back and kind of look at that message that Jesus taught. What did he say? What was his message that he wanted them to proclaim? All right. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons what the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who has taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So may God bless the reading of his word. Now, remember, this is the second volume that Luke is writing. And when he wrote volume one, which was the gospel of Luke, he kind of, at the end of the chapter, the last chapter, they didn't have chapters. It was a letter that was written. But at the very last part of the letter, he talks about the ascension there, which I think indicates he didn't know he was going to write to Theophilus Mm -hmm. again. So he picks right up where he left off. He ends the gospel with the ascension and he begins the letter to the Acts with the Ascension. But I want you to take note of what he says. If you go back to Luke chapter 1 in the first verse, it says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some times, 
pass to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So apparently Theophilus was a believer. Mm-hmm. So Luke was not writing to a unbeliever. Theophilus was, the, the word Theophilus comes from Theos, which means God. Philus means friend, or friend of God. Mm-hmm. So Luke was writing to him so he would know the truth. Even though he was a believer, he would know the truth. He would be able to go back and go over it. This is why it's important if you're listening today. Oh, you go, I know the gospel. Oh, I know I know that Jesus died on the cross. I know he died for my sins. Uh, I know, I, you know, I, I've, I know the story. But how many times do you go back and read over? Why do you think Luke painstakingly wrote all the details? Why did he write about Mary's song? Why did he write about the... Um, parable of the the loving father the prodigal son why did he write all these stories because he wanted the followers of jesus to be able to be certain to know the truth to be grounded in the truth and and so when we go out and we talk about it we don't just speak about what we think we think about what we know from god's word any preacher that is um, preaching powerfully knows God's word and is explaining God's word. Um, what I think doesn't matter as much as what God's word says. So anytime I open up my mouth to teach and explain God's word, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would be speaking through me and using this body and this voice box mm-hmm. to proclaim his truth from his word. This is why I'm such a proponent of expository preaching, because a lot of times if you do just topical preaching, you just go off and you pick a subject Mm. and then you pick a verse and try to make that verse match your subject Mm -hmm. instead of just going through. What was the writer saying? Who was he saying it to? Why was he saying it? Was he addressing an issue? It's really important to go through. And there's always principles that you can draw from. When you go through God's word, it's powerful. There were times that God's word was just preached and it brought incredible conviction on people. Um, You know, Jonathan Edwards, when he preached, a lot of times he would just read his sermons in monotone because he did not want to influence people with his personality. He just wanted the word of God to be the sole influencing factor in their um conversion or in their response their repentance whatever it was and so luke wants us to know the exact truth just like he did he was talking in luke uh, one to theophilus and so i want you to flip over to luke 24 at the end here of luke 24 and just make a couple of quick notes um but we'll catch it when we come back so if you're out there and you got a bible you can open it to luke 24 otherwise when we come back i want to pick up on that And again, hitting this idea of the importance of his message, okay? All right, so we will be back with more after the break, so make sure you stick with us. We'd like to give a a shout-out to our local listeners listening here in Jacksonville at 91.7, in St. Augustine at 91.9, and in folks in Georgia at 91.3. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Luke, or excuse me, Acts uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. But uh, we are looking week. at Luke, yeah, too, yeah, yeah. because Luke wrote them both. Wrote them right? both, yeah. So uh, if you have any questions about what we're talking about, or if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWAT radio.com you know doug i had a question for you um theophilus is are there people who say that luke used that name as a placeholder for christians because it means friend of god or was that um you know do they have no there are people who say that but apparent the way he wrote mm-hmm. when he said most excellent back like in luke one in that was a, that was a very personal um uh prefix mm. That was put on there indicating a person, not just a concept or, mm. or a general pseudonym. Okay. You know, it was most excellent, like, because he didn't say it in uh, the, God, the the Acts of the Apostles, which would indicate more of a, uh, uh, he, maybe he got to know him better right. and, and they felt more comfortable. But the first letter he wrote, he definitely mentioned that in there. But that that's a that's a great question. Now, how about that as a name, though? I mean, I wonder. That makes me wonder. You know how old he was. You know when this. You know when was Luke written? Uh, well, Luke. Uh, now the Gospel of Luke. Uh, well, Acts was written in sixty, uh, about sixty five A.D. So Theophilus could have been born to Christian parents, right? Because Theophilus. That I mean, I I would imagine that that was not a common Greek name. You know what I mean? No, no. Well, a lot of commentators believe he was from Antioch, mm-hmm. and he might have been an official in Antioch, uh, but he was, it's doubtful he was a Christian uh, early on. We don't know. That's one of those areas we don't know. Could have been. But um, but Theopolis might have been the name that he changed to, you know, mm, just like yeah. Saul changed to Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could have been a name that was changed to, uh, but 
But here's the thing about the going back to that first idea, the first principle there. God calls us to teach his message. In Acts 1, where Jesus, and I'm going to flip back to Luke uh, 24 in just a second, but in Acts 1, in verses 1 and 2, it says, In the first book, O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began, key word there, began to do and teach. You see, Jesus did not finish the work of collecting the saints. Mm-hmm. He only started that. He began that. He finished the work of redemption on the cross, but he did not finish the work of collecting the elect. And so it says, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. And that's important too. To be an apostle, we covered this yesterday, you had to be chosen by him. Mm-hmm. You couldn't self-appoint, and it wasn't people going, pick me, pick me, and he goes, okay, you, you, and you. He chose who his apostles were. They had a very specific function and a unique calling that you or I can't emulate uh, because you and I don't do miracles. We can't go out and in his name, God could use us to do something through our prayers. He could. But they had a very specific, unique ministry that was not uh, given to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so it's very clear, and we're going to see that next week on air, this week at SWAT, in the SWAT meetings, when we look at Matthias, how he called Matthias to be, and he, it had to be who he chose, not the disciples, to replace Judas. And so, so I want to go back to all he began to teach and do. If you go back to Luke 24, the last part of Luke, the letter of the gospel, it says in verse 44, he said, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, Jesus just validated the Torah, the prophetical books, and Psalms right there. Yeah. As being that that's he 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 validated those books as being authentic. Mm. It says then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. If you don't have Jesus opening the minds of people, the Holy Spirit opening their minds, you can preach to your blue in the face. It ain't going to change them. And so and he said to them, thus it is written. So he takes them back to the scriptures that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses. Now, doesn't that sound like Acts 1? Mm-hmm. What you just read. He goes, he says, listen, you got to uh, proclaim repentance and forgiveness. But today, most of the time, we just proclaim forgiveness. We leave out half the equation. Uh Repentance is optional. People go, well, you're adding a work. No. Repentance is a product of the work of the Spirit in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And so if the Holy Spirit, you you don't choose God. He chooses you. It says that very clearly. Now, you have to respond to him. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you out there may be listening, and you may respond at the end of your life like the thief on the cross. At some point... You will respond if your name's written in the book of life. 
there's a there's a divine mystery there of God's sovereignty and our responsibility that we can't even get our heads around. It's like a five year old trying to understand calculus. His brain can't comprehend it. But our job as believers is to teach his message, which what did he say it was? Go preach or proclaim repentance from following your own life, being your own king, and forgiveness. We're to be ambassadors. We we take a message of reconciliation, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5. And so let me show you something real quick. Over in Romans chapter 10, and I know we only got a few minutes here, but in Romans chapter 10, if you go down uh, in Romans 10, it says in verse 14, well, let's go to the 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. A lot of people take that verse out of context. You know, they think they focus only on the forgiveness part. Mm-hmm. How then will they call in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe of whom they have never heard? How are they going to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Do you know where that's a quote from? Isaiah 52. Flip back to Isaiah 52. If you go back to Isaiah 52, verse 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who bring good news. Exactly what Paul just wrote, but then listen to what it says. Who publishes peace? Who brings good news of happiness? Who publishes salvation? There's the forgiveness. Who says to Zion... Your God reigns. You know what the good news is, Taylor? It's not that you're forgiven. That's part of it. But it's our God reigns. He reigns. Listen, the word good news is the word which we get. It comes from euangelion, evangel, evangelist, Mm -hmm. hearing good news, evangelism, sharing good news with people. Euangelion was it, it was a person who stood up in the city square, and the only time they could do that and shout out was when a new emperor was born, when an emperor won a great victory, or a new emperor was coronated. Those were the only three times that a euangelion could give a message and publish that message. Now flip over to Luke chapter 2 real quick. Again, this is Luke writing the Gospel of Luke. And here's what he says, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you what? Good news. Euangelion. An emperor is born tonight, a new emperor. He is the Messiah. A great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ what? The Lord. He's not just a savior. He's the Lord, the master. The word means master. Now, if you go back to Acts chapter 1, the message, what Jesus said, all that he began, Luke says, in the first book I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up. So Jesus was about doing and teaching, not just about teaching, not just information transfer. He said, come follow me, come see me. We 
struggle in this country to proclaim his lordship as well as his forgiveness. We divorce those two messages. We focus so much on the forgiveness, the saviorhood of Jesus, and the repentance aspect means that you don't want to be the Lord of your life anymore. You know that he is the only one that can redeem you, and you are his. And so the gospel, the word good news, what that means is our God reigns, not you are forgiven. (laughs) Because our God reigns, you are forgiven Mm -hmm. if you trust him. And you have faith, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And when he says that, everybody knows that part. We all grow up learning that, and we focus so much on the grace. And and there's nothing wrong with grace at all. But we forget, verse 10, it says, For we are what? His workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand. He prepared all this work that you're doing. He knew before you were ever born, you were going to be at this radio station today. Here helping get the word out about the gospel. Yeah. Even when you were doing your thing in college, (laughs) right? Yeah. Even when you were doing your thing in high school, he prepared all the things that he was bringing into your life to use you. And if you're out there today and you think, well, I'm not doing anything for him, it's never too late. And you go, well, I don't even know where to start. Start where you are. Start local, just like he did. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. So that, he said, teach his message. What was his message? The gospel. Jesus, our God, reigns, and he came, and he offers forgiveness. And we're ambassadors of that message. And tomorrow... We're going to look at his priority, his power, and also his plan, okay? All right, so make sure you join us tomorrow because we are out of time today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual